As I'm recording this episode, 2020 is shaping up to be a monumental year in American history. This isn't a history or political podcast, but the momentous economic events do have ramifications for the personal finances of millions of Americans. One ramification is the relationship between one's job and the ability to save for retirement. In the past, many companies offered defined benefit plans. In a simplified example, a defined benefit plan generally provided a retired employee a check for as long as the employee lived. There were three big catches, though. First, it was the company that held the assets to the plan. If the company didn't invest the money well, it might not earn enough on those assets to make its promised payments. Second, the company needed to make enough contributions to the plan. Think of these contributions as the amount of savings the company was setting aside. If the company set aside enough money and it earned a decent rate of return, then it would be in a good position to make the promised payments to the beneficiaries of the plan. The third catch was that the assets in the plan weren't portable. Typically, an employee would have to work at least 10 years before the employee was eligible to participate in the plan. If the employee left the firm too soon, then the employee didn't get anything from the plan. A defined contribution plan, like the 401k, has some similarities to the defined benefit plan. It's important to make contributions to the plan, and it's important to earn a decent rate of return on those contributions. One of the big differences is that the employee, not the company, has far more control. Of course, with control comes responsibility. It's up to the employee to make sufficient contributions and to invest the money wisely. Another big difference is that the money in a 401k plan is portable. That means the employee can take the money with them when they leave the firm. A consequence of this is that the employee has a decision to make a decision that will perhaps need to be made multiple times over their working life. That decision is what to do with your old 401k when you leave your employer. This decision matters for many people. Schwab Retirement Plan Services found that the average employee expects to change jobs four times over their career. In addition, Schwab finds that for 58% of Americans, their 401k is their only or largest source of retirement savings. Americans realize the importance of their 401k accounts. Schwab finds that 87% of employees list a 401k plan as a must-have benefit from an employer. Health insurance is the only benefit that rated higher at 89%. I'm Mark Rigby, and this is Financial Decoder, an original podcast from Charles Schwab. It's a show about financial decision-making and the cognitive and emotional biases that can cloud our judgment. This episode is focused on what to do with your old 401k. By that, I mean the 401k you had at your previous employer. We picked this topic because there's so much upheaval right now in the labor markets. By that, I mean people leaving old jobs and hopefully finding new ones soon. That turnover is going to create a lot of left-behind 401k accounts and we expect this turmoil will continue for years. A bias that pertains to this decision is the status quo bias. People prone to this bias don't make changes to their routine even when their circumstances are significantly altered. Status quo bias creates a sort of paralysis because sticking with what you've always done is easier than taking action and changing course. There are lots of things you could do, but you end up doing nothing, which means you passively accept what may be a suboptimal situation. 
This is a meaningful bias. Dan Ariely is a prominent researcher in behavioral economics, and he once said, few things are as strong as the status quo bias. We look to our past behavior to guide future behavior and rely on habits to get through the day. In the context of the 401k plan, the bias causes people to not do anything with their old 401k. They just leave it there because that's the status quo. As it turns out, that may be the right decision, but not necessarily. Joining me now is Nathan Voris. Nathan is a Senior Managing Director for Schwab Retirement Plan Services. Uh, Nathan, I believe we spoke way back in Season 1 when you were a guest talking about practically everything pertaining to 401k plans, so welcome back. Thanks, Mark. Glad to be back. Um, if you're interested in a broader discussion of 401k plans and how to use them, just go back to uh, Season 1, Episode 8, I believe, uh, to get a lot of great information. Today, uh, Nathan, the focus of this episode is on figuring out what to do with a 401k that you maybe have left over from a previous job. Right now, unemployment is very high. Many people are unsure if they'll be returning to their jobs as usual. So let's walk through a, through a few, different, uh, few different scenarios. First of all, what are your options if you're not working, but you still have a 401k from your previous employer? Yeah, you have a few options. Uh, you can either leave it where it is. You know, many 401k plans allow you to keep your money in the plan if you're terminated. Uh, so you don't have to be an active participant or employee to keep your money in the plan. Um, you can also roll that money over to an IRA. And then lastly, you can take a distribution. So you can cash it out and spend it or put it in a savings account. Uh, typically distributions come uh, with some tax penalties depending upon your age. And what are the mechanics of, uh, of doing that? Uh, how, how do you actually get that done from an administrative standpoint? Yeah, so a rollover is essentially moving the money from one bucket to another. And it's a pretty streamlined process at this point. So the company that currently administers your 401k or wherever that money's moving from has some paperwork that you fill out online and it usually gets transferred pretty seamlessly behind the scenes. So it's a bucket to bucket transfer that can allow you to eliminate the tax consequences and keep the tax advantage status of your retirement assets. So maybe we'll, let's talk about the maybe one of those, which is, uh, you've switched jobs recently. Uh, you've got your 401k at your old employer, but the new job offers an entirely different plan. Uh, what's the best option there? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a tough question because it's very individual. Um, the, you know, the options I just listed, you certainly still have all of those options, but you know, the additional option you have is to roll that old 401k into your new 401k. And so, you know, there's some analysis that should be done when you're doing that uh, to determine um, if an IRA is a better choice or if your new 401k um, is a better choice. And so looking at the fees, looking at the investment flexibility, you know, do you, are your other outside accounts with your IRA provider already? So can you do some consolidation? There are some things to consider uh, when you're making that decision if you start a new job that, that has a 401k as well. Nathan, uh, a survey I actually saw coming out of uh, Schwab Retirement Plan Services, uh, they've surveyed employees and found that when evaluating must-have benefits at an employer, at a new employer, health care and a 401k plan were actually at the uh, uh, top of the list. So how do you decide if, you're, uh, if your new employer's got a good 401k plan? What, what, what should you be looking for? Yeah, it's, that's a great question. Uh, and, you know, I think there's a few things to look at. One is the flexibility. 
so does the investment menu have uh, the number of investment options that are appropriate for you? Uh, do they have a brokerage window that allows you to be more flexible if you want to be? Uh, what are the fees, both the investment fees, but also the administration fees? You know, most 401ks have some sort of administration fee uh, that is charged so that uh, the plan sponsor can administer and sponsor the plan. And so those are all things to sort of dig into. Um, so comparing that to what you could get similarly in either your old 401k or an IRA uh, is, is a good place to start. And, you know, and it can be dependent upon uh, company types. You know, I, I had a, a good friend of mine a couple years ago ask me this very question, and he was leaving a Fortune 50 company that had a $10 billion 401k plan. So it was really efficient, low-cost, affordable, well-managed. He was going to a startup company that had just started their 401k. So their their fees and expenses were a little higher. Their investment options were a little more expensive. And so for him, it made sense to, to roll over to an IRA or to keep it in his old plan. Uh, whereas if that were in reverse, it, it would be a different decision. So it is a real personal decision based upon a lot of factors. So Nathan, let's talk about a different uh, scenario. This is for people who are temporarily out of work. Maybe they're furloughed. Uh, they certainly plan on getting back into the workforce at some point, but uh, uh, they're not getting the paycheck they used to. Uh, they need a source of funds, and they're looking to their 401k uh, as an option. Uh, what, is that a possibility, and, and what do you think about the advisability of doing that is? So they certainly can, although we often view that as a last resort. Uh, because of some of the issues like taxes and penalties that are associated with taking those types of distributions. Now, the other issue is that you've been accumulating those dollars for retirement. And so any distribution that you take early obviously impacts your nest egg uh, longer down the road. Uh, that said, you know we're in one of those environments today where many folks are furloughed or are facing some financial hardships. And so we see distributions increasing during this time period. Uh, one of the things I'd mention is that with the CARES Act, uh, which was passed back in March, there is some benefit around the penalties uh, that typically are associated with distributions before 59 and a half. So if you're facing a coronavirus-related hardship uh, and you take a distribution from your 401k, uh, those penalties are waived. And, and if, so if you're facing that kind of hardship, uh, there is some relief there. Even though you may want to, to check with your tax advisor prior to taking a distribution, to ensure it qualifies under the CARES Act. So there is some sort of relief in the short term, but overall we typically advise folks to use that as a last resort. So is that uh, sort of cashing out or taking a distribution, is that an all or nothing thing or is it possible to do that just with a small portion of the, uh, the balance that you have in the plan? It depends on the plan sponsor. So each plan has different payout provisions written in their plan document. Uh, so you see uh, some that allow partial distributions and then others that only allow a lump sum. So that's one of those things that you'll have to look into that's a plan-by-plan plan issue. Nathan, let's talk a little bit about, uh, about loans. How does a, uh, if, you're, if you're in a cash-strapped situation, what's the advisability of, say, a distribution versus uh, just taking a loan against your, against your current balance? Yeah, you know, I think most people traditionally start with the loan with the intention to pay it back over time. And so that is typically a place to start I will say, though, that in this current period, with the relief from the CARES Act, we are seeing more people take a distribution uh, than a loan when faced with that decision because of those penalties not being there as part of the distribution. Yeah, it makes a, makes a lot of sense. Uh, let, let's imagine, uh, though, you do have a situation where you have a loan 
uh, outstanding and you've uh, you've switched jobs. Um, are there any complications with uh, w with some of the rollovers you just described uh, if you already have a loan outstanding? There can be some complications. Yeah, you, you took the loan with the intention to pay it back. And so uh, if you leave that employer, you still need to do that. And so often what you'll see is that when someone does the rollover to their new plan or to their IRA, they pay off the loan in a lump sum when they do that. Um, some plan sponsors also allow you to pay off the loan even if you've left the company. So you can continue to make the payments to pay the loan off if the money is still in that 401k. Uh, and then uh, unfortunately, what often happens is folks will leave a, leave a 401k, they'll move, they'll move it to an IRA or, or to a new employer and they actually will default on the loan. And so they end up not paying it back um, and, and that comes with some, some issues as well. Uh, we've been talking about rollovers uh, um, uh, a few different times uh, during during this interview so far. I've heard the term indirect rollover. How is that? Uh, how is that different from what uh, the kind of rollovers we've just been describing? Yeah, you know, uh, an indirect rollover. Um, I talked about that seamless electronic transfer prior as part of a direct rollover. An indirect rollover is is where you take a distribution, so you actually take a physical check and you have 60 days to find a place for that money. So it's often used in a scenario where the individual knows they wanna roll it over, but they don't quite know where yet. And so they take that distribution with that 60 day window. So they have 60 days to transfer those assets to a new account and face no penalties. Generally, the employer will withhold uh, the, the taxes, the 20% taxes, which is returned as a tax credit for the year when the rollover process is completed. But you'll have to supply the funds to make up the difference in the short term. So that can be an issue as well. So the rules are a bit complicated. So in most cases, if you do know where the money is going, the direct rollover can be your best option. And if you don't know, it may be best to just leave the funds in your old plan for the time being if you can. Thanks, Nathan. Let's talk about uh, you know how can people get help uh, because... We're talking about maybe you're maybe you're furloughed and you still have uh, you know your existing your existing plan. Uh, moving it to you know to a to a new employer and a new a plan new plan. Uh, mo maybe moving it to a brokerage firm and rolling it over into an IRA. What's what's the what's the best way to uh, get help given all these different possible uh, decisions that one might make? Yeah, I mean the good thing is is that there, the help is out there. So one of the core functions of a 401k administrator like Schwab RPS is to do exactly that. And that is to, to help folks make decisions on how they should invest their money, uh, what they should do at, at retirement, all of those kinds of things. So a good place to start is the company that administers your 401k. I'd say the other great source is if you have outside assets or checking accounts or savings accounts with a, a, a brokerage firm, they have those resources as well. So tap into the resources that are there uh, with the accounts that you already have, and there's plenty of help and guidance to put folks uh, where they need to be. Uh, Nathan, does it ever make sense just to leave the old 401k just at your at your old employer and just you know don't do anything with it? It can, yeah, it really can. You know, we see that all the time. Um, sometimes people like the 401k that they're in, uh, and it's a low cost option that has great investment options. And in good service and so people will leave it where it is and in some ways view that as uh, on some level some diversification although that's you know that we know that's not the the true use of that word but you know having 
having money in a few buckets, uh, it, um, often people like that. And so we do see people leave their 401ks at their old employers at times. Uh, let's talk about oh, an option that some more sophisticated uh, investors use, and that's uh, they're using a brokerage window with their 401k plan assets. So uh, maybe first of all, if you could just uh, explain what a brokerage window is, and then secondly, how is that? Uh, how are those assets treated uh, during all these different scenarios we've been talking about? Sure. So brokerage window is essentially a, a vehicle that allows a 401k investor to invest in a broad array of options that whereas their core menu uh, is typically limited to some core asset classes and often one mutual fund or collective trust per asset class so it allows folks to invest directly in stocks etfs an array of mutual funds at a very low cost often oftentimes free uh, in in this environment uh, and so it's just a great way for folks that take a little bit more ownership of their investing uh, to have the whole array of options available to them uh, in situations like this where they're, uh, we're talking about distributions, it's not treated very differently. Uh, it's, it is still a part of the 401k in terms of your, your uh, tax treatment. So same tax treatment uh, and, and, and really not much different than investing in the core menu uh, when you're talking about taking distributions. So um, a couple more questions here and then I'll let you go. Uh, we've been talking about kind of moving these accounts or moving these balances. Um, is it the case that these positions that you that you own in your your old account are those sold and cash is moved, or is the position itself uh, just transferred to the uh, to the new account? It's most often the case that you actually cash out positions and and, and reinvest. You know, there are certain times where maybe you have uh, company stock or equity in a plan, and you could transfer that in kind. Um, but but more often than not. It is a it is a cash out and a repurchase scenario, and that Mark, that's a great point because that is one of the things that that um, uh, people take a look at is uh, locking in cost basis and those kinds of things in a pre tax environment that we're in with a four hundred one k. A lot of those things aren't applicable, but it's definitely something that that people keep an eye on. Yeah, you're not being you're not being taxed necessarily on uh, any gains that are being made, so it doesn't. Um, it, it, you know, it's, it's a very different when you're dealing with these tax deferred accounts than you're really when when you're dealing with the taxable account, and you're going to have to pay tech capital gains. Is that right? That's right. Uh, last question, Nathan. Uh, let's say you're currently employed. You're enrolled in a 401k plan. You have no plans on leaving your current employer, but your employer has stopped offering uh, to match your contributions into the uh, into the plan, should you still continue to make uh, your contributions to the plan, even if your employer is not matching those any longer? You know that's a tough one, and unfortunately, right now it's one that we're facing in this current environment. Uh, so many companies are starting to look at suspending their matches. So there are a few scenarios. One is is that it, you know if a match is is suspended. And many participants view that as temporary. And so they continue contributing in exactly the way that they have in the hopes or with the knowledge that those matching contributions will come back at some point in time. You know, others may dig in a little bit more and find another bucket of money that they have a preference towards. Uh, may, maybe contribute to an IRA instead of the 401k if eligible, whether a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA, if they can, based on certain income thresholds. You know, some people might look at their HSAs uh, that's a health savings account, which can essentially be another retirement account. 
because withdrawals for qualified medical expenses from an HSA are always tax-free. But in retirement, if you're 65 or over, any withdrawals are penalty-free. That means you pay regular income taxes on withdrawals for non-medical expenses, but not an additional penalty, making it essentially like a withdrawal from a 401k or traditional IRA. So you can make those HSA contributions if you're eligible for that, if you have a high deductible health plan at work and you have access to one, uh, and you're not already contributing up to that yearly limit. So in other words, there are options. The important thing is, is regardless of the match, it's best to keep contributing towards your retirement in some way if you can. Uh, that's a great uh, one to dig into, I think, uh, with the help and input of an advisor uh, or your existing 401k administrator. Yeah, at the, and I think at the end of the day, if you still have retirement as one of your goals, which the vast majority of investors do, uh, a 401k or any kind of tax-deferred uh, savings uh, savings account uh, makes is a great way to do that. And so maybe with the, without the employer match, it's not as attractive as it was before, uh, but it's still better than nothing, right? Absolutely. Well, Nathan, this has been uh, great. Thanks for being with us today. Glad to be here. Thanks, Mark. Nathan provided a lot of food for thought with respect to this decision. If you're still stuck on what you should do, one technique is to look at what others are doing. Schwab asked 1,000 participants in 401k plans what they would do in this situation. 48% said they would roll their account over to the plan of their new employer. 30% said they would roll it into an individual retirement account or IRA. 12% would leave it alone at their previous employer. 6% said they didn't know what they would do, and 4% said they would cash it out. Again, that's a survey where people were asked what they expected that they would do. It's impossible for us to determine whether that's what you should do, but it does give you a sense as to how others are thinking about this decision. It's also interesting to me that almost everyone felt that some action would make sense as opposed to letting the account stay behind. Here's one final thought. If you're switching jobs and need to make a decision about your 401k account, use this opportunity to review other aspects of how you're using your 401k assets. There are two big questions to ask yourself. Am I saving the right amount? And am I investing those assets in the right way? Because of the status quo bias, there's a good chance you haven't looked at your savings rate and investment choices recently. It's likely that the choices you made when you started working for your old employer aren't the best options for you today. In fact, the original study that identified the status quo bias was inspired by the behavior of employees in tax-deferred savings plans like the 401k. Take this opportunity to review those choices and adjust them as needed. If you'd like to learn more about your options when it comes to saving for retirement, check out schwab.com retirement. On that page, you can find answers to common questions and try different calculators to estimate your retirement needs. That's schwab.com retirement. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to hear more from me, you can follow me on Twitter at Mark Reepy. M-A-R-K-R-I-E-P-E. If you've enjoyed this episode, consider leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite listening app. For important disclosures, see the show notes and schwab.com slash financial decoder.